Welcome to the Drink Less, Live More podcast. If you are a woman that is wanting to evaluate your relationship with alcohol, you come to the right place. There are no hard and fast rules and you don't have to call yourself anything. You're just a woman that knows something isn't working for her and you are wanting to make an intentional change. I'm Rachel Pritz and I'll walk alongside you as you learn to drink less and live more. Let's go. Welcome back. I'm not sure if I'm actually saying that to all of you or to myself. It has been a while since I've been here on a regular basis. And so you can expect weekly podcasts again after this summer break. So not only is it summer break for lots of kids and families and people take vacations, but I try to scale back some of my work throughout the summer so I can be more present and engaged with my kids. So I am back. They are back to school and I'm excited to pick this work back up again. You know, I always evaluate my business uh, typically on a quarterly basis. Sometimes it's every six months. It just kind of depends on uh, how quickly those things get away from me. But I do have it on my calendar just to have a check-in with my business and the things that I'm really enjoying doing and the things that I'm not really enjoying doing. And every time I do that, this podcast and podcasting in general is always top of the list of things that I love to do. So I'm really thrilled uh, to be back, and I mean that when I say it. So I have some upcoming things that are going to be exciting for people. I have obviously my signature program, which doesn't fit everyone's budget, and I recognize that. So I really wanted to create something, especially in the economy we're in right now. I mean, everything is so freaking expensive. I I cannot remember the last time I really paid attention to prices in the grocery store, and I have to pay attention to prices in the grocery store. I mean, holy shit. Like, my final bill is like my first mortgage payment. I don't understand what's happening. So, well, I do, but you know what I mean. So, you know, I really wanted to create something that would be um, a way to kickstart people, a way to just start being more intentional with their relationship with alcohol. It will be pay, but it'll be very nominal. Um, But I do believe wholeheartedly in if we pay for something, even if it's a small amount of money, we tend to be more engaged with the process. I know even if I get hand-me-down clothes, for example, I'm like, oh, well, it was free. So, you know, if we don't wear it, it's not that big of a deal. But if I paid for it, damn it, we're going to wear it. Like, we're going to wear it and we're going to love it and that's it. So I really believe in that um, theory that, you know, we have to pay to play for sure. So um, I wanted to do this first episode just on the uh, experience that I've had over the summer with incorporating alcohol back into my life. So I had gone a really long time without drinking and I had gone on vacations and bachelorette parties with no drinks. You know, I'm, I did mocktails and still went out and socialized and did all the things and I didn't drink. And I had been sort of just had this, I had this in the back of my mind for a while. Well, what if I just had one glass of wine or what if I just had a glass of champagne or what if I had a beer, you know? And I would do that on occasion, um, but not during that long stretch that I had off. Some people ask me, how long was it? And they're like, I don't, I actually don't know. I want to say it was like six or seven months, but I don't really count. It's never been good for me or healthy for me to count things. It's also why I don't do diets and I don't um, weigh myself unless the doctor makes me. 
it just really triggers my perfectionism. If it's not the exact number or the exact thing or, you know, I didn't get the exact amount of calories, I tend to be hard on myself with that. I am working on that. Um, but it's why I just sort of uh, go day to day and I really judge how I feel. And I think that's important. A lot of people will also ask me, well, when you say you drink, how many drinks do you have? They just have to know what the number is. And number one, let's let's all keep in mind here that a glass of wine and a beer that's low alcohol content is not the same. Like those are not apples to apples. So keeping that in mind. But really, again, I really try to measure how I feel. And sometimes I can have one beer and feel two sheets to the wind. And that's when I know it's time to stop. Or I can have two glasses of wine and feel completely fine. So, you know, a lot of it depends on what we eat, you know, just where we are, I think, emotionally. I swear for me personally, that has made a difference for me when I have a drink and I'm happy. It's, you know, really great. It's fine. I have really have very little side effects from it. Um, When I have a drink and I'm not happy, which I haven't done in a really long time, or, you know, running away from anger or sadness or, you know, all of the emotions that we experience, that's when it seems to hit me harder and I seem to have more side effects. Interesting. So anyway, I don't really, like I said, count by drinks. Like I had one drink tonight or I had two drinks last night. That's That's not really what I do anymore. I really measure how I feel. I'm trying to do that in many aspects of my life for a long time. I just kind of checked out of listening to my body and listening to what she was telling me. And over the last six, seven years, I've really been checking back in with her and she doesn't steer me wrong. So that's great. I listen to what what she has to say and I kind of drive things from that versus with more objectivity of, you know, I'm only going to have one drink tonight. You know, I'll still sometimes use my drink planner, but I've sort of evolved past that. I do still recommend the drink planner for people that are new to incorporating alcohol back into their life if they've taken an extended break, um, just because it's really helpful for for many people and to keep them accountable. For me personally, you know, sometimes that can really trigger my my perfectionism for sure. So anyway, you do you on that one as you figure out this this whole experiment. But I was talking to a friend who also, um, you know, cut way back on her alcohol use. And I was saying, you know, this isn't the spring. I'm like, I'm thinking about adding alcohol back in and I'm just really scared. It was really scary. I was afraid I was going to fall back into old patterns of behavior. And uh, I didn't want to do that. I just didn't want to go back there. And it just felt like I'm not unhappy with without alcohol. But sometimes I do feel like I'm missing out in, in certain circumstances. And so anyway, she said, well, Rachel, I don't think you're going to fall back into old ha- old behaviors because you've done the work. Like you've really dug in to why you were over drinking in the first place. You've done some healing work, both physically and emotionally. And so she's like, why would you just assume the worst case scenario there? She's like, let's assume the best case scenario here. And it's that you are able to drink on occasion and it's not even a problem. So I thought that was just, you know, really great, a really great insight. It's something I would say to someone else, but you know how we say all these things to other people that we need to hear. Um, So I love that I have friends that are willing to challenge me in that way because she could have just said, I'm just going to support you and I don't think you should do that. You should keep on this streak of not drinking, you know, and and she didn't say that. She challenged me and that's what I love about having friends like that. 
So I kind of started slowly where I would have a beer with, you know, a friend that came over to the pool. And, you know, we had tons of social engagements uh, here at our house. Something I discovered was that I really feel a lot more comfortable drinking at my house than I do out in public. Um, And I think I just don't like being out of control or, you know, feeling like I'm even just a little bit inhibited in a public setting. So it's kind of interesting that that came up. You know, I went to many concerts sober. Um, You know, I love that I can drive home and not even have to question, like, can I drive home, you know? So I would bring a lot of mocktails and those types of things to those events or purchase mocktails. But for the most part, you know, it was like in public, I was like, totally fine. Like, I don't need to drink in those, um, at those events. And I used to like get, like, I used to drink a lot at concerts. I mean, that was one of my places that I drank. Um, So anyway, that's been interesting to see. So I kind of started with just adding, you know, a beer here and there. My husband, you know, we do our weekly date nights and, you know, I would grab a drink or I would have one, you know, one drink at dinner or grab a beer at a movie when we go to Flicks, which is my favorite place. I talk about it all the time. Um, but we, you know, I would I would grab a beer there or whatever that is. Um, so I just kind of kept doing that throughout the summer, you know, and, uh, you know, it wasn't a lot of drinking. It was mostly on the weekends, sometimes some weekdays when we had people over. Um, the thing that I discovered, which was really interesting was that I really like fitting in. I don't like feeling like an outsider or other. And yes, it feels like I'm still in high school. I think we can all probably, if we really sit with that, relate to that. You know, most of us will say outwardly because we're, you know, grownups and we should have this all figured out, but we'll say outwardly, I don't care what people think, or I'm past all of that. I don't really care if I don't fit in. Who cares? And I think deep down inside, we all do. You know, our brain brings back old, painful memories of times where we didn't fit in 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 groups. And maybe we were even told because kids are much more direct than adults are. Maybe, you know, somebody said, you don't belong here. And I know I had some experiences like that. And so, you know, I really like fitting in. So when people were doing the toasts with the bottle of champagne that somebody brought over to celebrate something, I was like, oh, well, I want to fit in and do that. Of course, I could have ran in and got um, a mocktail or gotten, you know, something else. But, you know, it's like I just want to be a part of this group and do what they're doing. So anyway, that was an interesting thing. I also think that's why I enjoy drinking at home is because I can have one drink and then easily switch to mocktails because I have an insane amount of non-alcoholic um, uh, drinks in my house. So it's really easy for me to just grab something half the time. When people are more than a drink in, they don't even notice that you're not drinking alcohol. So I think that's one of the other reasons I really enjoyed is there's there's yummy options for me at home versus other places. So, so you know, I, I did notice the fitting in piece of things. So that's something to still continue to work on. I don't know if it's all bad that sometimes we want to just fit in with the group and that's comforting to us. So I'm still, you know, uh, uh, challenged with that one for sure. The other thing is that really nothing happened. I mean, there was nothing. I was never, I was never hung over the entire summer. I can't even say that I ever felt affected by alcohol. I, I could have driven, uh, the entire summer. And so that feels really good. I mean, that felt, if, I'm very proud of the fact that I was able to incorporate alcohol back in, in the summer, and even at home when I technically didn't have anywhere to drive, and I didn't overdo it. So it feels really, really good. 
one thing I did notice is that I did not wake up as quickly as typical when I would drink the night before. So I sometimes I would cancel my gym or, you know, it was like, oh, that's interesting. That is definitely that's has an impact. So, you know, keeping keeping that in mind, it wasn't like I there was zero impact for adding alcohol back. So, you know, for me, for sure, I woke up a little slower. I didn't go to my 605 gym as much as I could have. I could have done that throughout the whole summer and I, you know, opted to skip it often. And so, yeah, I just noticed that that was that was something that was a little more challenging. I do notice that I snack a lot more when I drink, even if it's just one drink. All of a sudden I'm like, "Ooh, yay, cookies." So, you know, it affected my health in general because I wasn't eating as healthy, I wasn't exercising as much. Um, so there was an impact there, but I wouldn't say it was significant. But, you know, my discovery really is that uh, not having as much alcohol is better for me than adding in more alcohol. So I'm still kind of in that journey, and I would imagine there's going to be ebbs and flows just throughout seasons of life of, of you know, adding alcohol back in and taking more breaks and all of those things. But it just feels, I feel very settled in with my relationship with alcohol. And I could have not said that two years ago, not even close. So I'm very proud of the work that so I've done So maybe you're there. someone that has taken a break. Maybe you're coming off of a short break. Maybe it's been, you know, 14 days, 30 days, however long it's been. And you're considering adding alcohol back in. I just share this story just to kind of, um, you know, share part of my journey, but also just to caution you a bit if you haven't done that deeper work that you might fall back into those patterns of behavior uh, quit more quickly than if you've done the work. And so that was just sort of my uh, reflection over the last couple of years because I had tried this before in the past and I'd taken a 30-day break and I'm like, ooh, box checked. Yay, I'm all done. And now I can go back to doing what I had done before and that really wasn't getting me the results. So I did have to just do that real hard work Sometimes I just had to sit with the, with the tougher emotions, with the anger at times. Although anger doesn't stick around that long. It's a really interesting emotion. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't hang on super long. Um, I didn't have to deal with any of the shame that I was experiencing when I was over drinking. And so there's a real positive win there. But for a while, I did have to deal with that. And then I had to deal with the idea of, well, if I drink again... I feel like there's some shame around that, you know? So anyway, there's a whole lot of things we have to deal with. So no shame or shade to anyone that has tried this 150 times and, you know, has landed back in the same position. I'm really just sharing my experience and my story. So hopefully it can either resonate for you or if you're not as, as far ahead as I am on this journey and you're kind of just beginning just to show you what it might look like a couple of years from now or even a year from now. Um, there's always hope there. Um, if you are just listening to this podcast because you have considered taking a break, but you haven't done it yet, I did the same thing. I probably watched and listened to these types of things for a year or so before I actually said, all right, this is it. I'm ready for this. And so if you're just listening along, just take this as information. You know, you're learning, you're um, being more intentional with your relationship with alcohol. And that's what this is all about. And maybe you're right, walking right alongside me. So maybe you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, this all adds up for me. I've been doing the same thing. That's awesome too. So 
really, I just think we need to share more of these stories, especially when we're not in that rock bottom space and we don't go to recovery and, you know, we don't, um, our society wouldn't say we have a problem, but we think it's a problem for us. Um, then it's a problem, you know? So, you know, I think there's just very little resource out there for these people like us that are in this sort of gray area of drinking. And so that's what I'm looking to provide. So hang tight, wait for that 14 day um, booze free challenge that I'm going to roll out here in a few weeks and it will be very manageable. My plan is to just have five minute audios every day with some attachments and resources that you can also use just to experiment with what alcohol um, or what an alcohol-free life could look like for those 14 days. And then you always have the option to extend that and to um, to go to the next level if you choose to. And if not, that's cool too. So I'm just, I'm here for the journey, no matter what it, it means for you. So we will talk next week. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you can be reminded of new episodes. This is not intended to be medical advice. This is for gray area drinkers that are wanting to evaluate their relationship with alcohol and cut back or quit altogether. If alcohol isn't ruining your life, but it's certainly not making it any better, you're in the right place.